Comic Book Time Machine, Episode 125, Superman, Amazing Spider-Man, and Captain America, Numbers 1. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Comic Book Time Machine. My name is Ben, Ben Avery, and I am here. It's 2018, summer of 2018, and I am here trying to beat the heat. It is a warm day, and so uh, you probably can hear the fans that are blowing right now. Um, I'm just going to let them blow and let them be part of the ambiance. Just to let you know, I'm really, really hot in this house right now. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a warm day. No central air. And, you know, it's not unusual. We haven't had central air for a long time. So I, I'm not complaining. Um, well, I, I'm, when I said it just then, I wasn't complaining. I've been complaining about it, but I'm not complaining about it right now. I'm just stating that as a point of fact that, uh, no, no central air. So uh, I'm trying to beat the heat, as I said, and I don't really feel like doing anything right now. Um, I just don't feel like moving. I don't feel like uh, doing anything, but I've been forcing myself to do stuff. Uh, one of the things I've been forcing myself to do is go through my comics and try and find some that I can uh, you know, package up to sell, package up to go into boxes, package up to um go into boxes that would be just for me you know to read later sort things out you know with different stacks of different styles of of books and that's been kind of fun to do that uh it's not the most fun thing in the world but i've got a you know movies playing in the background and i kind of have the house to myself right now so i've been been doing that and uh the way I'm going to sell those comics is there's a local store that's doing a, a kind of a mini convention where he's just going to let people set up tables and sell comics. And so I'm going to set up and I think I'm going to set up. I, I hope I'm able to, but um, even if I don't, uh, you know, what will come out of this is that I'll have things sorted out and not just in random stacks and that sort of thing. Um, it was great because I did find a comic I'd been looking for for uh, you know weeks now. That, that I thought I was going to have to purchase again, and, and now I don't have to purchase it again. So that, w- that was nice. And I found also um, I found three complete runs of these indie fantasy comics that I didn't even know I had. I guess I won them in a, a eBay uh, lot years ago. I mean, I, I don't even remember having them. Uh, I also found some really cool uh, Gold Key and Whitman uh, fantasy books. Uh, one actually that wasn't so cool. It was called Shroud of Mystery. And I went ahead and that's the only comic that as I've been doing this whole thing for the last few hours, that's the only comic book that I actually sat down and, and opened and read because as I was inputting them into my uh, app where I'm I'm cataloging my, my comics, which special thanks to uh, Professor Allen and a couple other people uh, in the podcasters realm who are on a podcasters uh, Facebook thread that we have a conversation going on and uh they they recommended this and it's been incredible so as i'm sorting through my comics to try try and find things i'm looking for things i'm going to sell blah 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 i'm also inputting the ones that i know i'm going to keep into this 
into this app. And so I put this one in shroud of mystery, uh, thinking that it was, you know, part of a series. It was the only issue. So I thought, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to read this. And, uh, so I, I don't remember why I bought this comic. I imagine it was probably part of a lot of, it might even be the, that whole set there of, of the gold key Whitman fantasy books, which is mighty Samson and Dagar, the invincible. And, uh, and then there's a shroud of mystery. So I, I, on the cover has Ulysses uh, being attacked by a Cyclops. And so I just assumed that this was a series of uh, about Ulysses. I mean, that was the only thing on the cover is the only thing mentioned by the text on the cover. And I thought, Oh, this might be a, a cool thing to add to my Greek mythology uh, comics that I have. Like uh, if this is a, sh- a small series from, from Whitman or whatever, or gold key, I, I think it was a Whitman book. Um, then uh, you know, I, I have these that I can put with my my old Hercules uh, comics, which you know, Hercules is one of my childhood heroes, uh, favorite heroes from from childhood because of the the comic book character from Bob Layton's miniseries in the early '80s, and then also the cartoon series, and then also the Lou Ferrigno movie, which I didn't see as a child, but I had a calendar, I believe it was from McDonald's, that had uh, pictures from movies that were going to be coming out that year and Hercules the Hercules movie was one of the ones that was featured in this this calendar and it just intrigued me and I also read um, mythology books a lot when I was young and well still still do somewhat um, anyway so I like Hercules and then this Ulysses comic I'm thinking oh maybe this is something like the, the Hercules books and then it turns out that the Ulysses stories is only four pages in the back of the book the rest of it is really bad sci-fi comics like you know your anthology sci-fi comic book where it has five or six short stories and usually there's some sort of twist at the end and every single one of them tried to have a twist at the end and it was either the most boring thing ever or the stupidest thing ever Uh, one of the stories i don't know why i'm talking about this right now i'm supposed to be talking about new comics but um one of the stories the the twist was you know what if aliens came like it says right at the beginning, what if aliens came and if they couldn't stay, they would die. But if they did stay, we would die. What would, what would we do? And then it shows the aliens coming and the aliens say, we need to stay here because our world died. And then people start dying and they realize, oh, it's because of us. We are immune to the disease that killed the rest of our world, but apparently we brought it here. So then the humans are like, well, we can't let them stay. But no, we, 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 can't, let, we can't make them go. If they stay, we'll die. If they go, they'll die. And that's it. That's the end. They don't even make a decision. It just ends abruptly right there. There's another story that has three brothers or three guys going to a fortune teller. And one of them is like, nope, I don't want to go to the fortune teller. I don't want to have my fortune read. And then the fortune teller summons a ghost from a lake. And this ghost comes out of the lake and has this crystal ball. And they all peer into the crystal ball. And the third brother's like, nope, I don't want to do this. And I think that the reason he didn't want to do it is because there wasn't enough time in the story, in the number of pages that they had to tell the story, to actually you know, show three prophecies and have three uh, resolutions to those prophecies. Instead, they only have time for two. And so they... You know, two of them see their future. One of them almost dies falling off a cliff, the other, or is supposed to die falling off a cliff, and the other one, his father's going to die. And so the one who fell off the cliff, he, he, he falls off of a horse and holds onto a tree branch uh, because he knew he was going to fall off 
a cliff and die. And so he held onto a tree branch and didn't die. And the other guy who saw his father was dead decided, I'm going to hurry and get home before he, you know, anything happens. And he gets home and his father has already fallen down the stairs and he's going to die, but he got to see his father die. And so the moral of the story is go ahead and have your future told because that third guy didn't want to, but these two guys who went ahead and did it, it's like, no, don't go into that because this is, this is bad stuff. But they're like, we're, we're going to do it anyway. And then everything just turns out not great for them, but better for them than, than if they hadn't had their fortune read. But then there's a subplot kind of thing where the lady's like, I'm not going to tell you who the spirit of the lake is because that's my secret to keep. And then it never shows up again. It's like they just ran out of pages and the writer just stopped. Boom. Okay, done. Anyway, um, I guess that does fit the theme here of what I'm talking about for this episode, which is issues number one of comic books that I picked up recently. I realized the last five comics that I bought at the comic shop were actually issue number one of different series. Um, well, I guess one of them was not of a series. That was issue number one of Dazzler, which is a one shot. And that just ends by saying Dazzler will return in uh, Astonishing X-Men number 14. Uh, and the whole story is just about her not wanting to go back into the X-Men because she wants to keep doing concerts and stuff. And it's a really interesting book. Um, I guess, you know, it's one of the minor titles that I'm going to talk about here, uh, but I might as well get into it right now. The whole idea, it's a really interesting concept because, you know, you have the X-Men as the metaphors for, um, for uh, you know, like civil rights, gay rights. But any kind of thing where people are, you know, being excluded or people are being um, shunned, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, almost anyone can read the X-Men stories, especially the ones where they just let the story tell the story instead of trying to set uh, a specific agenda or metaphor. Um, when they just let the story tell the story about, you know, being who you are and, you know, people not liking you because of who you are and that kind of thing. Um, I, I think almost anyone can pull from that and say that I see myself in that. And so when they're, I think that's the, the X-Men are at their best when it's not trying to make a statement. Well, this one is definitely trying to make a statement, but I don't know. There's other statements that come out of it other than just kind of the, the have pride in who you are. Um, and it's really interesting because it's all about how uh, the Inhumans and the mutants aren't getting along. And so the mutants and the Inhumans should be getting along. So she's doing concerts where she's inviting Inhumans and mutants and wants them all to, to mix together. And there's mutants who are coming who are super militant, who are very, very bigoted against Inhumans. And they don't want anything to do with the Inhumans. They don't want the Inhumans there. And they're getting more and more militant, more and more violent. And so, you know, the, the one thing is she doesn't want to use her powers to fight bad guys and stuff like that. Uh, but in the end, she's pushed to use her powers. And so I, I don't know if the message there is necessarily the message that I'm getting from it is the one that they're trying to give, which is you become the thing that you don't want to be. Uh, you know, you become your enemy. You, you don't want to become your enemy. And she does, you know, because they're being violent and, and in the end she can only stop them by becoming violent herself and so I, I was trying to mull over like what is this trying to say and I, I, I'm not sure still exactly what it's trying to say but one thing I did find very interesting and, and honestly find, found a little bit convicting and that was you know she has this message of um, 
togetherness. And she has this message of, um, you know, we want to, we, we don't want to stand together and she's, she's trying to portray that. And she's trying to say, you know, mutants, humans, inhumans, we're all in this together. And then, um, as she's trying to, um, promote that, she has these mutants coming who are kind of taking her message and, and twisting it. And so they keep coming to her concerts and keep coming back to her concerts. And so she has these people coming to her concerts who are clearly portraying and who are clearly trying to push an agenda that is the exact opposite of what she wants. And for me, you know, then she has to decide, am I going to stand up against this? And, and eventually she does. And, you know, like I said, it ends up being a violent standing. I was really hoping for her to find another way, uh, instead of just, you know, fighting them with powers, but you know, it's, it's comics, it's, you know, whatever. Um, but it did get me thinking about how you have, you know, in any group, um, you have people who kind of take things to the extreme to the point where these messages of peace are actually being used to hurt. And, you know, specifically I'm, I'm thinking through like my own, uh, my own faith and, and the people of, of Christianity who, they do take the words of Christ and use them to do bad things to people and make things worse for people instead of making things better for people, which, you know, the, that's the message of, of Jesus is love and love your neighbor. And instead of loving their neighbor, they're um, not loving their neighbor, you know, the, the opposite. So anyway, uh, that's Dazzler number one. It was a, it was a decent read, and, and I only bought it because it was a one shot. Cosmic Ghost Rider number one I picked up and I was kind of stoked like oh this is cool we got this cool astronaut Ghost Rider on the cover and I'm thinking this this could be cool I don't know anything about this uh, the current status of Ghost Rider and then I started reading it and I realized well I, I shouldn't say I started reading it the first two words on the recap on the front page are or the first page is Frank Castle was a de de decorated Marine. And I'm just thinking to myself, no, Punisher is the Ghost Rider. I don't want to read this. And I start reading and he's in Valhalla. He's been killed, apparently. And uh, I don't want to read this. Uh, it did get a little interesting at the end because it kind of uh, hits a time travel conundrum that comes out of time travel stories. Like, you know, if you go back in time and kill Hitler, would you? And there's actually a page where he says, you know, people I've always wondered or people have wondered um, if anyone had tried going back in time and killing Thanos when he was a baby. And he then actually does go back in time with the power of the Ghost Rider and Odin helping him uh, to go back in time to kill Thanos. Well, he ends up not killing Thanos because he tries to give him the penance stare, which is one of the Ghost Rider's things where he looks at you and you have the sins that you have committed against other people. You're, you feel the results on yourself. And baby Thanos is innocent, so he can't do it. And so I'm thinking, well, this is kind of not, not great. Well, then he takes baby Thanos and uses chains and puts him in like a you know, those, those, uh, baby holders, it's like a single piece of cloth that you just kind of wrap around your body and the baby just kind of, you know, snuggles in against your body into the cloth. And it's a really comfortable looking thing. And, um, I guess it's comfortable as well for the people who are carrying, I've never used one before, but it, apparently it's comfortable on the shot on the shoulders. So the people who are carrying the child like that and the child's near your body and everything. And, um, well, anyway, he has 
Thanos and the final page. Um, I was not planning on buying more of this when I read that this is Frank Castle. But then they have this final page, it's a splash page of uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider driving a cosmic motorcycle with his flaming head and uh, Thanos in the uh, chain baby carrier hanging <laughs> hanging in front of Ghost Rider. I'm still not going to buy issue number two, but I did give it a try. And halfway through, I was just like, oh, I can't read this. And then when I realized, oh, I want to do a podcast episode for Comic Book Time Machine about issue number ones that I've purchased. And so I went ahead and finished reading it. It, was, it, it, it made, me, made me chuckle a little bit. It's, I don't feel as, as bad about the purchase anyway. Um, but it's not something I'm, I'm going to continue with. But the main attraction here, the things that I've been wanting to talk about on this podcast episode are the number ones that I bought that are the, the kind of the big number ones. They're the, uh, the important number ones. They're the ones that are, uh, you know, getting all of the press and people are talking about them because they're big and they're important and they're huge. And they're, um, you know, these important, important characters getting their number ones again. And so I, I bought the three of them. Uh, and I ended up buying more than just the number ones. Uh, for Captain America, I just got Captain America number one. I know enough of what happened with Captain America being part of Hydra and then not being part of Hydra and helping, but now people don't trust him because he was leading Hydra against the world kind of thing. And so this was supposed to be you know the return of the original Captain America to um, the return to form in comic books. And so Captain America number one, written by... Uh, Tanahisi Coates and with art by uh Lanil uh you and it's I was hoping this was going to be this is one that I was looking most forward to was like oh are we going to get a really good Captain America story this one was getting a lot of press a lot of press and I thought well we're going to get a really good Captain America story and and honestly it's not a bad Captain America story it just it was a number one issue. It was a lot of setup for what's the new status quo going to be. Uh, you know, I expected maybe some questions about, you know, who is Captain America? What is Captain America now when the world doesn't trust him anymore? And, you know, there's some metaphors that you can pull out of that with uh, just the state of current America where the world doesn't like America. And, you know, there's it just it just didn't grab me. It just didn't grab me. Like I said, it wasn't it wasn't bad. It just it just didn't pull me in. And, you know, the the action stuff was just kind of, yeah, you know, it, again, not bad. The art is wonderful to look at, but it just it just didn't pull me in. And so I will not be going. To, uh, I mean, you know me if you've listened to, you know, 100 or so episodes that I've been a part of here on Comic Book Time Machine, you know, I'm not buying anything new new except for swamp monster stuff uh which i am i have a backlog of swamp monster stuff that i want to talk about here for the podcast but for right now i'm 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 buying the stuff i'm reading this stuff and that's just about it and this was i you know as i was looking at these three number ones uh well four if you count cosmic ghost rider which i wasn't intending to buy until i went to the store and saw it but i i was this was the one i was looking the most forward to thinking this would be the one that's, you know, Captain America back, Captain America being Captain America. And, you know, I'm sure that there's going to be more of that coming. Uh, but this was a setup issue and I didn't feel like it was there was any kind of um, payoff 
to this issue except for Captain America feeling like I'm I'm out of the game. I'm not a, I'm not needed as much um, because he's been told as much. <laughs> like they don't want him necessarily to be be helping um, with with you know the government doesn't want him to be helping. I should say, and instead they're having you know people like Winter Soldier and, and Agent Thirteen help. So Captain America number one, okay, but I'm not going to be buying number two. Now then there was Superman number one. Now with Superman number one. I had read the free comic book day uh, issue that was setting up, showing us the bad guy who's going to be part of the Man of Steel miniseries, the weekly miniseries, six issues. And I ended up not buying the weekly miniseries. Uh, I just wasn't all that into it. I, I had a friend who was buying it. I, I figured I'd just borrow it from them. Um, I'd also read DC Nation number zero, which was, I believe, a... 25 cent book and it had three stories in it one of them was um it was a really disturbing uh joker story in there and then there was also a story that was um in some ways kind of the counterpoint to the free comic book day dc book that had the superman with the villain in it instead this was uh the the story was uh superman and well clark kent in the in the offices of the daily planet and kind of setting up what's what's going on there you know there's this kind of new normal and um it's the gossip there's a new gossip writer in town and and then it's to be continued in man of steel issue number one but this script was uh brian michael bendis and so this is literally here is um the well this and the issue uh the free comic day are all brian michael bendis and it is literally just feeding into this man of steel uh story and so then you read Man of Steel, or you're supposed to read Man of Steel, and then you have Superman number one, which picks up from where Man of Steel left off, and and it does. You know, uh, I bought Superman number one, and then I was told if you really want to know what's going on in Superman number one, you need to read Man of Steel, the weekly miniseries. So I went ahead and I bought Man of Steel, the weekly miniseries, and so I I read that all in one sitting. Issues one through six and Superman number one. Now, the thing was when they did the free comic book day issue, I was not all that interested in what they were going to be doing where they show this guy who is this villain who was apparently responsible for destroying Krypton. And I was just thinking, I I feel like I've seen this before or read this before. And maybe, maybe I have, maybe I haven't. I don't know. It's quite possible that I have not read this before, but I wasn't all that interested in it. Well, I'm actually kind of glad that I bought the Man of Steel six issue miniseries. It's not bad. It's actually pretty good. It's it's uh, Superman scrambling to fight a villain that is far more powerful than him. And this villain is there strictly to destroy Superman and Supergirl and any other Kryptonians that are around. Uh, and then there's a subplot of Jor-El coming and wanting to take Jonathan, Superman's son, into space to give him some experience outside of earth. And it's, it's kind of timey wimey as far as the storytelling goes, where you have um, things you can't tell what's happening when at first, and then you realize, Oh, these scenes are happening before these scenes are happening after there's also just tragedy that makes this villain one of the most awful of villains um, because of some of the things he does in his quest to destroy 
all of the Kryptonians of the universe that are still surviving. And if you know anything about Superman and about who still has survived from Krypton into the present day, um, you know what that means. And it's, it's, it's rough. It's brutal. It's mean spirited as far as this villain, but there's also hope as Superman and Supergirl and uh, the justice league are banding behind them. And, so that's the Man of Steel miniseries, and, and I enjoyed reading it. And there's a lot of mystery to it, although uh, there's definitely more mystery to be revealed as far as, I guess, motivations and, and some of the other things that have to happen here as they realize, oh, this guy destroyed Krypton, but other people knew about it. And, you know, years and years and years ago, but they knew about it. So Superman 1 picks up where that left off, and in that... Um, he has lost contact with Jor-El and his son. And I'm not going to say too much more because I don't want to spoil too much for you if you haven't read this. But in this, it, it definitely picks up right after Man of Steel. I probably would have been able to figure out what was going on, but I don't know if I would have been a, as invested in it if I hadn't read the other stuff. And I will say that the the cliffhanger ending of this issue is really cool. It's really, really neat, and I'm very curious what's going to happen next. But I'm not – I'm probably not going to buy Superman number two. This will be a borrow for me. So if Captain America number two is a not buy, Superman number two I think is going to be a borrow for me. I'm hoping my friend is going to be purchasing the series so I can follow along uh, as it happens. But, I mean, the cliffhanger was incredible. I'm just not all that into – just the current status quo of Superman. And so, yeah, it, did I enjoy the read? Yes. Brian Michael Bendis did a, a good job creating a new villain who is a definite uh, foe who will give Superman a run for his money. Definitely. But that said, investing $4 a month into that storyline, I'm just, I just don't think I'll be, be wanting to do that. So then there was the amazing Spider-Man number one. And when I went to my local comic shop, which is buymetoys.com, uh, which honestly, if you want to get variant covers and stuff, they as a store have had very, some really cool variant covers made for the different um, important quote unquote issues. Uh, they had a variant cover for the Batman wedding. They had a, a variant cover for um, a Doctor Who issue. And like there's there's all sorts of things that they've done variant covers, uh, had variant covers made for them. And it's it's fun. And it's fun to see what they get uh, from, you know, the next big, big thing. Uh, so go to buymetoys.com. If you're collecting those kind of things, you will probably find some really neat things that, that you might even want to buy. So definitely check them out. They do not... Um, they do not give me any kind of uh, kickback for, for saying this. Uh, they're just friends of mine, and so I have no, um, no problem saying, hey, check them out because they're, they're cool. So they gave, uh, with anyone who purchased The Amazing Spider-Man number one, they gave a copy of the free comic book day Amazing Spider-Man issue. And I had looked at it at, on Free Comic Book Day, which if you've listened to that episode, we did a, an episode that was the audio from the video uh video Facebook live videos that we did on free comic book day. Um, I looked through it, but I hadn't read it closely. And I have to say 
you know, the, the free comic day story was, was interesting. It ends on a cliffhanger that is one of the most interesting cliffhangers that I've seen in a long time uh, because it totally dives into what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man. And that is his superhero life and his human, regular human, you know, day-to-day life. They mix and commingle like Doc Ock having a relationship with Aunt May. You know, I mean, that that kind of thing or his college professor uh, being a villain or his best friend's dad being a supervillain, you know, those kind of things. I enjoy those ideas. And that's one of the things that I like about Spider-Man is the way his personal life and his his superhero life either reflect each other or actually uh, affect each other. And here it's it's definitely that that final one where it is. His superhero life and his personal life are just wrapped around each other. And so uh, I guess, I mean, I guess I'll spoil a free comic book day thing. And that is that the new boomerang is actually his roommate. So Peter Parker is roommates with um, Robbie uh, Robertson's son and boomerang, the supervillain and boomerang. The supervillain is not a good roommate to have by the way, and not just because he's a supervillain, but because he's a bad roommate. You know, he eats food that he shouldn't have eaten because it belongs to other people. And he um, he uh, plays video games till all hours of the morning. Uh, it's funny, though, he's playing Call of Duty Latveria and he uh, has to play at 2.30 in the morning because that's when the people in Korea are playing. And so he's staying up to all hours in the morning so that he can play with the guys in Korea because they're hardcore. Uh, they're more hardcore than the American players, you know, who would be up at 10 and 11. So the other thing that's fun about this is that there is yes, superhero action and the superhero action causes him to think through some stuff that affects his personal life. And so what he uses to win the day when he wins the day against the, the supervillain that is one of his supervillains who is, creating a um, alien ev- invasion that the Avengers are, are called in to take care of. Well, while that happens, when he finishes that out, that causes him to say, oh, wait a minute, I need to do something in my personal life. And again, I don't want to spoil it because The Amazing Spider-Man number one, I enjoyed reading and it is a complete package in a lot of ways. It sets up things that are going to be happening next. Now, it's, it's written by Nick Spencer with um, pencils by Ryan uh, Otley. Oatley, Otley, sorry, Ryan, uh, and inked by Cliff Rathborn, colored by Laura Martin, and lettered by Joe Caramagna. It's a $6 book, but it is, every page of story is is good, a good page of story. And uh, the villain, the, the payoff, uh, there's a new villain who shows himself, so there's mystery of what, where this is going, uh, but at the same time, this is a complete package. It tells a story. And I guess that's the problem that I had with, with Captain America, where I felt like Captain America was setting up a story. It's like not the story itself, though. Uh, Superman, again, the same kind of thing, setting up a story. I guess that's why this one excites me more, is I sat down, I read this one, and while I felt like there's more to come, and I'm, I'm curious about what's to come after this, the story it gave me was enjoyable. Now, it, it, it also set up stuff in Peter's personal life 
uh, that have to do with the whole um, when Dr. Octopus was in Peter's body and taking over Peter's life. And there's some personal stuff there that have to do with some of the things that Dr. Octopus did more or less for Peter. I mean, he did it for himself, but he did it uh, by affecting Peter's life. And it causes him to become a pariah for everyone in his life. And the, the Avengers, they're not happy with him. And professionally, he, he has a great job, but he, I don't want to give things away, but things don't go well for him in his great job. And things don't go well for him in his personal life with Aunt May because of what happened at his job. And it, it's so there's, there's good, I guess, soap opera personal life drama and there's good superhero drama. And as far as Spider-Man goes, this is a good Spider-Man story. It's the kind of Spider-Man story that I like anyway. I mean, I, I know there's certain types of stories. And for me, I've, as I've said, the things I like about Spider-Man and his villains, his rogues gallery are when his personal life, superhero life mingle together. This issue does it, does it in spades, does it well. And so I enjoyed it. So those are the three big number ones that have been coming out as I've been talking about uh, just, I guess, the different number ones I've been buying. But I also have bought some number ones that I'm hoping to do more about uh, in podcast form maybe later. But uh, Walmart is doing exclusive uh, printings of DC comics, and they are the 100-page comic giants that are $4.99 each. And they're exclusive. They are reprint books, though, with the exception of they each have a, I think it's a 12-page story that is new and exclusive to the this series. As of right now, there's no plans for them to be uh, reprinted. I'm sure that they will get reprinted. There's there's no way that they won't be if, if they're good. Um, and there's four of these coming out every month. There's a Justice League one, a Superman one, a Batman one, and a Teen Titans one. And so the, the Justice League one I, I, I picked up, that has um, a, uh, Aquaman and the Flash Justice League stories, and then a Wonder Woman original story, which I just have to say, I don't know if this Wonder Woman story is actually going to be, you know, if it's a part one of two. In the Batman and Superman ones, they are part one of two. But this original Wonder Woman story that's in this Justice League issue, I adored this story. And I adored it, I guess, because of the the message, the theme of what it is. There's some really interesting stuff happening there where they're talking about, you know, Wonder Woman is a person who was created to bring peace. And she's an ambassador of peace to the world from Themyscira. But she, in doing so always ends up using violence and it's Ares God of war who brings that up to her. You know, basically he calls her one of his worshipers. And in some ways, I guess this is kind of the opposite of the Dazzler story. Cause in, in the Dazzler story, uh, the, the message that you seem to be thinking that you're going to get about nonviolence and about, um, you know, not necessarily accepting people who are not good people and who are doing bad things, but maybe finding a way to not deal violence, you know, to not defeat violence with violence. But then in the end, that's the way you have to defeat violence. But in, in this, the resolution 
uh, of this story. And again, it's a 12 page story and it's so, uh, it's, it's just a really good, maybe one of the, I'm not, not maybe this is the best wonder woman story I've read in a long, long time. Um, I have read better wonder woman stories specifically. I think of wonder woman, uh, power of truth. I think it is by, uh, Paul Dini and, and Alex Ross. That's a fantastic story. Uh, that whole series of oversized graphic novel, uh, treasury size books is so, so good. All, all, well, all five of them, maybe six, if you include the secret origins one, but, um, anyway, this is just, I adored this short little story. Very, very good. Um, yeah, the, uh, the Aquaman and the Justice League, and I believe the Flash. I haven't read the Flash one yet, but I think the Flash story, they're all um, issue ones from the New 52 in the Justice League book. The Batman story is called, the, the original Batman story, I should say. Uh, oh, by the way, the uh, Wonder Woman one is written by... Tim Seeley. Uh, the Batman one is written by Jimmy Palmiotti. And it's, it's pretty good, too. Uh, it's, it's got some interesting stuff in there um, where he's kind of trying to help someone who uh, it, it somehow is tying into who ba- you know, Batman's past because he ends up going back to the theater where um, his parents were killed on a lead because a little girl was kidnapped and they paid the ransom and she wasn't returned. And so that's his mission there. Um, she also lost her parents. And so there's, there's some interesting stuff there. Uh, the backup stories are Batman hush part one, uh, Nightwing and Harley Quinn. Those are the, uh, the backup stories there, which I haven't had a chance to read yet, but I read the original stories and all of these and I'll be reading the other stuff later. Superman hundred page giant is also interesting because it's, uh, him in tornado alley. He's, the villain in this is not a villain. It's, it's um, well, maybe it will be a villain. I don't know. But it's Tornadoes. And there's a, some very interesting stuff that kind of felt like they were referencing a little bit of Man of Steel. Um, you know, the scene where they stay hiding and, and his father ends up getting killed by the tornado because he can't reveal who he is. Well, he ends up uh, on the receiving end of help. They, as Clark Kent, a tornado comes through and he has to go into the tornado shelter with all the people at the hotel where he's staying to do a report on why people won't leave the Midwest. And you know, when there's always all these tornadoes and so he ends up in the uh, tornado shelter with them. And the, the owner of the hotel is taking care of him saying, you know, you're, you're my guest now. You're part of my responsibility because you're here at this hotel. You're going to come with me. And, he tries to make excuses to go and can't make excuses to leave. And one of her daughters is in there with them. And there's this really touching scene where she's like, don't worry, Mr. Kent, we'll take care of you. And she holds his hand, you know, not knowing, obviously not knowing who he is, but then with a child like innocence, not realizing that, you know, this is an adult man who he probably is okay. He's not showing any signs of not being okay anyway. Um, and ends on a cliffhanger of tornadoes are coming and, so all three of these, and I've heard good things about the fourth one with Teen Titans, but all three of these have a really good original story in them. And then the backups for uh, Superman are um, Superman, Batman, World's Finest, number one. There's a Green Lantern issue. And then the Terrifics issue, number one, which the Terrifics is not New 52. That's actually pretty recent. I think Ter- Terrifics is on issue number seven right now. Um, so I'm curious, like, why they chose to put that in here. But the idea is to get people to start reading comics again. The um, 
they're pushing the uh, comic shop locator in each one of these to you know if you're if you like this you'll love more go to the comic go buy more comics um i will say that there is i have a special connection to batman superman or superman batman rather world's finest number one um i went to a comic convention before that series came out they were talking about it and uh i ended up in a hotel room with like 18 comic book creator guys um because i was there as a as a comic creator and uh I got to see um, some of the early pencils on this book before um, before it got published, and so that was that was kind of cool. So, anyway, yeah. So that's a whole ton of issue number ones, and if I can keep finding these uh, hundred page giants at Walmart, I'm going to continue buying these. That'll probably be my new comic book fix, but it just depends on if they're going to keep doing it. And you know, it sounds like they're in it for the long haul. You know, with like reprinting Hush, that's a that's a long miniseries. So, well, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, Spider Man number two. I don't know if I'm going to buy it though. Uh, that's that's the thing. Um, Sp- uh, Spider Man issue number one did its job, but it was kind of it's not quite done in one, but gave me a complete story, so I feel satisfied. So, yeah, maybe I'll wait for the trade on that. I don't know. So yeah, that's uh, this. Spotlight on issue numbers one of a number of different series, and uh, I'm enjoying these. Though I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the read. I enjoyed the time that the, these books gave me, and so I'm. That's you know, if you're enjoying the comics you're reading, you're doing something right. And if you're enjoying the comics you're reading, they are also doing something right for you. So, so there's that. So, with all that said, I want to say thank you so much uh, for listening. And thank you for um, giving me some of your time and allowing my voice to enter into your ear holes and bounce off of your eardrums and go into your brain. And now I'm making it sound a lot weirder and a lot more supervillain than it was intended to sound. But yeah, I want to thank you so much for, for listening. And yeah, as always, Godspeed. <laughs>